tell you something, this is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fun to come on, we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. Hey, you got Pac-Man? No. Uh, you got Space Invaders? Nope. You got asteroids? No, but my dad does. Can't even sit on the toilet some days. So, so what do you do here, Dale? Well, I got a stack of nudie books this high. Well, how old are you, little one? Uh, she's born without a tongue, Clark. But, uh, don't you worry about her. She whistles like a bird and eats like a horse. Oh. <laughs> And I said, kids, you remember when I said, where would you like to go this summer more than any place in the world, huh? What'd you say? Why? Shut up, Russ. Audrey, remember? Uh, Wally World, Dad? Wally World, Dad. Uh, I wonder if you could tell me how to get back on the expressway. Mama. Thank you very much. I'm going steady. That French kiss. So everybody does that. Yeah, but Daddy says I'm the best at it. Dad, you're married. Mary? Oh, you mean those people I'm with? <laughs> it's my brother's family. My brother's ring. Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. That intro does not pump you up. I do not know what will, sir. I don't know why they call it Hamburger Helper. <laughs> does just fine on its own. I couldn't fit them all in, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you could go on and on and that on is, with that uh, one. one of probably my, in my top five all time right there. One of my all-time absolute favorites. All right, it's Drew and Nick back with yards. you. <laughs> <laughs> For another Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Uh, what we do here is give you uh, tidbits coming up on the upcoming Quizzo Trivia Game, which is played live all over the country at various bars and grills and various restaurants of different sorts as well. Uh, so we go through categories and we give you uh, stuff that is definitely now deemed not meaningless nonsense. It is important. <laughs> it is fact, critical it is information critical at this point. information at this point that you need to know, folks. So... Uh, without further ado, Nick, let's get right into it. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question here. What award is given to the Miss America contestant most liked by her peers? I believe this was a Sandy Bullock movie, right? Hey, it Miss sure Congeniality? was. Miss Congeniality. So Miss America, of course, takes place right here in Atlantic City. Uh, it left to Vegas for some reason for a long time. Yeah, did Trump move it? Did yeah. he buy it and move it? And it nah, because I think he does no. Miss USA. I think it moved so on. So was it Trump? No, nah, I don't think it was Trump. I don't think it had anything to do with him. But it's back where it belongs here in Atlantic City, where it originated. Yeah, do you know why they came up with it in the first place? To draw people to Atlantic City. Yeah, so they have it the <laughs> week after uh, Labor Day. Right, yeah. So it's to keep the season an extra week. That's, a, that's exactly right. They came up with right. Miss America. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea, a great concept. And uh, Did you see we got a new state breakthrough for the first time? No. Yeah, first time winner, North Dakota. Good for you, Pulling North Dakota. Pulling through uh, here. And did yeah. you also see what NFL quarterback the Miss America uh, winner referenced? No, I did not. Okay, so there's your first trivia question. What NFL quarterback did Miss America reference in her acceptance speech? Okay, see if I can figure this out. Hmm. 
NFL quarterback, meaning he's currently in the NFL? Current NFL quarterback. All right, so we could take Timmy Tebow, who plays. <laughs> you does he play left field for poor St. Lucie? For the New York Mets, yes. <laughs> left fielder for the New York Mets. Uh, let's see. Who is a current? Oh, not Tom. No, not Tom not Brady. Tom. All right, you want it? Go ahead. I'm wasting too much Carson time. Carson Wentz. Oh, based on what? Uh... Where did Carson go to school, Nick? Oh, duh. North Dakota. North Dakota so State University. Yeah, he... So there you go. And there's your uh, there's your first double question. What did right she there, say so. about him? Any anything? Uh, she interest? said if like you know Carson Wentz can make it, you know, out so, of North Dakota, so can, out of North Dakota, so can I. Like so can Miss. A big year for North Dakota. Well, yeah, yeah basically, Carson Wentz, basically the number two pick a, in the draft, right, you have a star a NFL career. quarterback, and Miss America come out of North clearly Dakota. better than the number one pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was well, you know, it's a little early. It's oh a little my gosh, early. if the Rams could have that over. I think they don't so. even look like the same caliber. I don't disagree with you, but Goff definitely looked better game one. Let's say Goff let's looked say like f- he might stay in the NFL. Let's give him that. <laughs> okay. And uh, did he play he, the he worst is, defense? He is still his, that we've seen. He is in still in his second decades. year. He is still in his second year. So this yeah. is this is what I want to stress. He's in his. Hey, second you have to be happy if you're the Rams and you saw Goff this week. You think maybe he's got a shot. Let's save but, this for the fantasy sports podcast. Go, go <laughs> we could go right into it. But Fine, uh, go ahead. All right. So you throw one back at me since I just gave you a double Miss America shot. All right. So here's a question, and you'll see me do this sometimes, where I make a bonus question out of something. Okay. Because. I find something interesting, but I just think it's way too hard. Gotcha. So I'll almost give you a freebie on the front end of it, because really what I'm looking for is the back end answer. Okay? Understood. So I'll word it something like this. Who gave away 276 cars to everyone in their studio audience? In 2004, who gave away 276 cars to everyone in their studio audience? So Oprah Winfrey? Okay, so Oprah Winfrey, you got your 10 points. Gotcha. Now, here's the thing I was surprised about. Okay. That was a big story, right? I guess. I remember I, it, people it, talking about it, that. It has kind of become her thing to give away something in the audience, and that's what did it. You know what I mean? So that was the famous thing that sort of spurred that whole. Even though, yeah, and then I remember like, people going thing. for years hoping that yeah, they yeah. would go to the show that sure, was the sure, giveaway sure, show. And sure. So anyway, what was the make of the vehicle? And this is what just – I, I could have had – I don't know, 25 guesses, and I would have gotten this. Which So everybody got the same car. Everybody got the same car. Yeah, I think it's like her favorite things. That was sort of the gist of her giveaways where she gave away some of her favorite Just things. go outside but... the box here. Um, let's see. Would Oprah go foreign? Or would she go for the Goodwill domestic? Well, that's a good thought process because in my mind she was giving away Hondas. Oh, that's just what I had in my like. If you had asked me this question, I would have gone with like Honda or when Toyota. When was this? Did you give the two thousand four Prius? The Pontiac G six okay. sedan. Okay, I never would have gotten it. Never would have gotten I, it. I was leaning towards American cars, and yeah, the, that was a good thought because I I figured maybe there's a goodwill and factor the fact that the brand doesn't that, exist anymore. Yeah, makes it it's going to make it very I, difficult. I went with Prius ultimately just because I felt like that was kind of a 2004 thing. Now neither one of us are really Oprah fans. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing against her, but I didn't watch it. Sure. I wonder if people who are like those diehard, there's a lot of people out there that like a G6, like a G6. <laughs> well, that, they'll song. remember what the car was. Yeah. All right. Well, that the, I think the good part about that question is that I got my 10 points so I don't feel bad well, about how and hard. And that, that's how I do it. I like it. Um 
All right, so let, let's do a couple of. Uh, I, I this one was one of those things that like I just want to know, uh, you know, if a trivia expert gets this right. I, I have a feeling there's no chance you'll get this wrong, but I want to know what percentage of the population gets this wrong. Mineral deposits in caves growing upward are called what? Oh, so you know, we all know what the two are. I yeah, think yeah, everybody it's, knows it's the two. Stalagmites or stalactites? Right. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure I know this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so but I'm go. gonna I'm gonna go with stalactites. Nope, stalagmites. Ah. So mites are growing from the ground up, and tights are growing from the top down. All right, so let's figure out a way to remember this so we don't forget it. Say uh, it again. Stalagmites are from the ground up. Correct. Upward are and called stalagmites, are from... and, fr- and upward down are tights. Stalactites versus stalagmites. All right, so M on top, T on the bottom, I M guess. M is like a mountain growing up. MT, yeah. And then uh, T is like a tooth coming down. Well, all you need is, I don't know, we'll figure it out, but I don't ever want to get that wrong again. Nah, well, nah, and hopefully none of you will as well, so now you know the difference between, and that's a trivia 101 thing, I think, you know, stalagmites and stalactites is one of those things, but I also think that everybody knows the two, they just don't know which one is which. Yes. It's, it's kind of funny, it's like, I don't remember, I know, I know it's one or the other. Yeah, it's just one of those things you don't yep. bother to remember which one. Yep, so get out there to uh, Laurel Caverns or wherever the tights and mites are growing. All right, throw one back at me, general knowledge, and we'll move on to sports. Uh, what model of camper is named after the Iowa County where it's produced? Ooh. Model of camper's named All right. Uh, whew. God, what is that thing called? Uh, I'm just drawing a blank, man. I, I can see it in my head. I'm looking at the thing right now. I'm looking at it, but I cannot get the words out. Go for it. Well, this is just one of those where, you know, you hear this name. It's a crazy name, and you wonder, like, what is the origin of that where name? That and I never from? would have thought it was a county in Iowa, but the uh, Winnebago. That's it. Thank you, God. Produced I'm sta- in I'm Winnebago sta- County, Iowa. I'm staring at it in my head. I'm like, it's a, a W it's, it's, on it's the a, side of a, the. It's a. <laughs> and I couldn't get I'm it I'm guessing out, it's an it's Indian Winnebago. name if I had the. Yeah, uh, right. No, that's perfect. Winnebago County. It's a good time of year to camp. The fall is like absolutely you know, the early fall. Especially. My daughter's been like begging me to go camping since May, and yeah, I keep telling her in like, the fall. Uh, what, in what's the fall. that term for like fancy camping? With the, the glamping, thing? glamping, glamping. There you go. That's that's a good one. Yeah. Too, well, so. apparently there's a place down south in Cape May area where you can you can glamp. rent cab. You can rent cabins. Right. Yeah. So I think I might rent a cabin, throw a tent outside, and glamp. then when everybody gets scared and wants to go inside, <laughs> right? Get cabin to go inside. To. Yeah, when the bears come. Uh, all right. As so long as I have full LTE. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the bars, folks. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the sports round. This is uh, this is one of those, um, uh, you know, topical questions that I hope doesn't change. Uh, I don't think it will. I don't think it can, at least till, uh, you know, later on in the college season. But uh, let me just ask this question and see how you do with it. Of the 11 games, Nick Saban has faced a team with a former assistant as their head coach. How many has he lost? I, I know this because I saw it. Oh, okay. So you were watching when this I was happened. watching the game, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, I might have lost a few dollars on that game. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he has uh, never lost. Never and it was, lost. Like, it was like as soon as I, like, you know, as soon as I called in the bet, I turned the TV on, and they're like, hey, he's never lost to a... <laughs> To an assistant. I was like, oh, great. Oh, great. <laughs> if I had turned so, this TV on so that five that, minutes later. So that bodes well for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then their quarterback's gone. Yeah. Yeah, he has never lost to an assistant. So if that one, if you want to know how good he is versus, you know, just like whatever it is he produces. He's, oh, he's dominant. He, he's, he's dominant. Yeah, absolutely. All right, throw one back at me, and I'll uh, give you one more. Well, it's uh, week one in football, so I'm just going to stick with football. Usually I try to spread. Well, you know what? Uh all right, I'm going to go. 
I got something good for football, so I'll go with tennis first. Okay. Um. All right. Who is the lowest seated woman ever to win the U.S. Open? Who is the lowest seated woman ever to win the U.S. Open? Oh God, just the one that just did it. Of course. <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> Why would I be doing this to you? I, yeah, and this is a twenty pointer. I have a follow up. I have a follow up. God, I know it's something with an S. Her name starts with an S, right? Yeah, two of them. Yeah, two. She's got two S- names. S- yeah, yeah, yeah. S- uh, the one ends in an S. S, S- is everywhere. S- <laughs> oh man, I can't believe it. I had. I just saw a great meme of her too, and I and my God, um, Summer Sanders is. Oh, it's, 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 I got oh, the tip of my tongue, but I'm not there. Go for it, Sloane Stevens. Sloane Stevens. <laughs> Summer Sanders. I know she's. I know Summer Sanders is somebody else. That's. Uh, She's like a volleyball player or something like that. Or... All right, so Sloan Stevens, like 83rd you know, you know ranked you know one in the world, won the U.S. Open. I was thinking Steve Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> from, <laughs> from Battle 2-1-0. No, so she said Summer Sanders. Was that Steve <laughs> I was like, that's why. That's right. That's exactly what was in my head. All right, now this is the part of the question I love. Okay. And I just, I think, it's not that it's ungettable. Right. I don't think anybody's going to get it, though. Of course. Okay. So, Sloan Stevens. Sloan Stevens, who is not related to Steve Is Sanders. the first American woman to win her first Grand Slam. Since who? So we have a new American Grand Slam winner, Sloane Stevens. She is the first American woman. Jennifer Capriati? Yes, how did you get that? I'm good. I do trivia for a living, dude. Yeah, but how did... This this is why nobody would know this. Venus... And no, Serena came no. in 99 and 2000. No, she Capriati was... Capriotti came in 1990 was the first time. That's we when saw. I cared about tennis. All right, so the story you don't know about me. My mom used to work at a tennis tournament in Maryland every year, right? It was like a bank-sponsored tournament that was okay. part of the tour. Right. She got me to be a ball boy. I was a ball boy in a Jennifer Capriotti. So you're Capri- telling me you had a secret love for Jennifer Capriotti yes. throughout the 1990s? Yes. And you followed like, her comeback in 2001 when she yes. won her first Grand Slam? I, and I, that's how you know I, that? I didn't just have a crush on her. You might be I the only like, person in the world that I was like that right five this, feet away from her for a week. match. And she was like, I was like 12 and she might have been 16 or 15, whatever. Sure. She was 13 in 1990 okay. when she played at Wimbledon. So I was... Did she won a gold medal in 92 yeah, at so Barcelona. So we were a year apart in age. 15. So whenever that was, I was a teenager, and yeah, obviously, uh, <laughs> I, I very because it's like I remember. feel like I I feel like Capriati has been around so much longer than the Williams sisters. Yeah. No, I, I don't think to do, anybody I got to do is going to think Capriati. So I think I went, it was over two weeks, and I got to do a whole bunch of matches, and they train you. Like remember the Kramer and Seinfeld when he became the adult bull boy at a tennis tournament? It was like pushing these kids out of the way. It's a great, <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, great sequence that, yeah. going after balls, and he's diving <laughs> left and right and stuff. But like they train you, you know, you go out on the courts or whatever. It was nerve wracking. I remember meeting Jimmy Connors. Um, and Yvonne Lendl was at the tournament too, but I don't know that he played. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean this. this was- right, well, I'm glad I asked you that because I was almost going to pass on it for another, you know, Kareem Hunt total yards week one question. But um, anyway, yeah, nice job. I, think nice I went done. to that tournament like five years in a row. That was a big part of my early like getting to go to see that live tennis. And I went to one famous U.S. Open match. My dad took me to Jimmy Connors versus Aaron Crickstein, which was like one of the most storied matches because Connors was basically on the end of his total end of his career and he made it all the way to either the quarter or semifinals of the US Open but he was like 40 or something ridiculous yeah like Connors that. is one of those guys like won and then didn't win for a long time right, and right. then won again and later on in his career yeah yeah I loved him though he was one of my absolute favorites so oh, well, I'm gonna make sure you don't get my next sports question okay uh, <laughs> so then I'm gonna throw my my hardest one in a I while can't believe but you it got is that. a but it is a bonus question I got lucky because I got lucky because I knew yeah 
you know, uh, that's when I cared. If you gave me something in the last 10 years, I wouldn't get it. I would answer Venus or Serena to every question. You yeah, that's just what I'm tennis. expecting. Uh, well, most people will. All right, so 20 points. Name either of the two Major League ba- uh, Baseball franchises that have never won a division title. Huh. Two teams in baseball have never won their division title. Every other team has. Who are they? Either one gets you 10 points. Okay, so this is a great question. It's a little tough to do on the podcast because I'd like to go through and take my time sure, with sure, fine sure. comb and get through everyone. Well, it's at the end of a round. But there's two things that have question. jumped out at me. Okay. So I'm just going to roll with it because two came out so quickly. I might as well. Yeah, sure. And if you I'm get pretty one, you sure get the Marlins won both World Series as a wild card team. You got it. So the, that's just great. They've won two World Series but never won the wild. NL East. You got it. So the Florida All Marlins right, so are, I got are that. one of them. Yep. Um, second one's harder, but I think it is gettable. Oh, really? You think the second one is harder? Yeah. Yeah, second one's harder. All right. Although there's a thought process that could probably lead you there pretty quickly. So, well, I mean, you, know, if you think of newer teams. Baseball. Right. So there you go. So that's, you that's can the eliminate. That's the first part of the thought. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you're just thinking of the newer teams. And, you know, when I think of the newer teams, I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay won the, the, the AL East because they had that stretch. So I can eliminate them in my yep. head. They're out. Um, They're not one of the teams. There's nobody real new in the AL Central. The NL West doesn't have anybody new in it. And a central. You I guess it. Le- you, you missed. Oh, it. I did. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to lead you astray if you pass over it. So yeah, because you, you, you made an incorrect time. statement. The All NL right. West does not have anyone new in it. That is not a correct statement. Okay. So, so the NL West is made up of the Texas Rangers, the Anaheim Angels, the NL West. I thought I said the a- I said the ALS. Oh, I thought you said the. NL oh no, the West. NL West is where I was getting to because there's two new teams in the. Okay, so I I, thought, I'm between I, the I Rockies. You. I'm between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Okay, is, you're right is where there. I'm at. Yeah, yeah, it's the Rockies. Okay, yeah, the, the Diamondbacks have won their division. Right. Okay, but I thought you said the NL West. No, the I, West. it's the okay. AL West. My bad. No problem. Sorry. Was, okay, uh, I would have gotten there though. <laughs> you watch the Guru. You listen to the Guru. Uh, yeah, well, I listened to the Guru for like two straight weeks up until the draft, right? And, and then little, I, you need a little break I, from. Uh, yeah, but I do listen to uh, like the Monday or the Tuesday show. So he's got this new like segment of his show called "Sorry." Yeah, I heard that on Monday. <laughs> it's like a sound clip from I think a movie, Big Fish, where like this giant goes like destroyed oh, something, and he turns around like "Sorry." Oh, okay. Is that what that's so, from? Yeah, yeah. I love that movie, Big Fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim Burton. I'm reasonably sure that's where it's from. Uh, okay, yeah, there's so, definitely a giant in Big Fish. Yeah, yeah. So, that so throw, so throw your uh, thing back at me. That I'm I don't want to rub get. my hands together. It's not going to happen. One. Let's see. I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm prepared to lose. When I saw this, I'm prepared to lose. I smiled big time. Okay. And this has a follow up to it. Also. Oh boy. All right. So the Cleveland Browns. All right. That or you call them the Cleveland Browns 2.0. They've been around since 1999. Yes. Okay. Correct. Their stadium is called First Energy Stadium. These days. Okay. What quarterback has the most wins in the history of First Energy Stadium? What quarterback has the most wins in the history of First Energy Stadium? Oh, this is going to be such a great answer because they have the ultimate uh, list of quarterbacks who have played for them, and it's so outstandingly funny. It's 27. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Starting quarterback. It's just insane. So, like, you know, my... my my initial impression would be probably Tim Couch, 
because that might have been even like the glory years of that, and I don't remember them ever winning anything with him, but something weird like that. Yeah, I just want to make sure you, you, you know exactly what I'm asking. The quarterback that has won the most games at First Energy Stadium. Oh, not Brown's quarterback. Just quarterback. Any quarterback ever. Doesn't Ro- matter. Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben. <laughs> I, I that I would have gotten immediately. I was trying to find Big Ben the, is 11-2. I was trying to find the Browns quarterback that has won the most games at First Energy Stadium and whether, you know, how close that is to Big Ben. So there hasn't been a Browns quarterback to win 11 games at their stadium. In their history. Since 1999. Yeah, yeah. Their, no, I would have gotten that instantaneously. <laughs> Well, he I, just I, broke a tie. Right. So Char- Charlie Fry, I was thinking. Like, I was thinking Actually, guys Actually, the, the like, tie was with Derek Anderson. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, sure. Derek, so Derek Anderson would have been one of those names that I would have been trying to dig up about, like, who actually played for the Browns that had any amount of success. So here's my all. follow-up. Hey, Derek Anderson's still in the league. There's time, Cleveland. Get that guy back there and get your record back. Get your pride He's back. The, the greatest quarterback in the history of the Browns. <laughs> now, here you go. I'll, what is this? Who was the Oregon only? State? Who was the only of those 27? Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks. Okay, who's the only one with a winning percentage? Wow, someone had a winning percentage. One guy, and I can clue you all day long if you need it. Yeah, you can give me a clue. All right, ten and six. Tremendous number with the Browns. That's like going fifteen and one in yeah, the it's, NFL. It's true compared to what these other guys have done. It's true. Doesn't do anything for me, like as far as what they're. That's his all right. Total all right. Here you percentage. go. Here you go. This this is the clue that okay. I'll give for you. Okay. He's a starter in the NFL. Currently. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh Brian Hoyer. Yes. <laughs> you imagine Brian Hoyer is ten and six with the Browns? Yeah, I can. How? It, uh, just, How do you go ten and six with that team? He's not a bad quarterback. He's just one I of those not. he's just one of those guys that he's never in the right situation and then when he is he can't stay healthy. That's the problem. And then when he did get the big stage for the first time, he just melted down. So, I mean, like, Fitzpatrick's the same guy. There are some guys that cannot handle the pressure on the big stage in the big moments. Right, like, Fitzpatrick is great when he's replacing somebody and the, nobody has any expectations. They're the same guy. They're and then the as soon guy. as you pay him and make him the starter. The big stage melts those guys down. And, like, they don't rise to the occasion, and that's why they're forever backups. But they're, you know, they're good when you need them on a random Sunday when your guy goes down in the second quarter and they just feel like getting out there and flinging the ball. So that's how it goes. All right, um... Let's move on from sports. I think we did uh, four, so it's uh, plenty here. Go to geography history here. Uh, This is one that I'm I'm curious to see how many people know. I don't think a lot of people do know it, Um, and that's why I like asking these questions, folks, because I want to know what you know out there. What is the longest river in the United States, Nick? The longest river. The longest? I think this is one of those uh, tricky questions because is the Missouri longer than the Mississippi? Yes. Yeah. The Missouri. Right. Everybody thinks it's the Mississippi. But the Missouri is the question. But the is Missouri the is actually longer than the Mississippi. That's correct. So I hope I, I'm factually correct in that. That seems like a, a pretty set thing. I don't think we're growing rivers, so. All right. I got one for you here. Go for it. Uh, what island mm-hmm. in Massachusetts is the only island, county, and town in the U.S. that has the same name? So what Massachusetts Island is the only island, county, and town in the U.S. Nantucket. That has a, you got it. Nantucket, Nantucket Island. Yep. Nantucket Island, some yep. county, and the, town. the only two That's major the only islands the there are Martha's Vineyard uh-huh. and Nantucket. That's good. And yeah. I, I figured Nantucket was probably the... Uh, all right, Big so, enough to be a county. Yeah. 
Um, all right, I got another one for you. The, supposedly, it's I haven't ever been there. That's one of the few places in the United States. You know, I really yeah, like you, know, to go. you know why? I think because uh, being here in the summer, it's very similar. There's a very yeah. It's just it's hard towns. to like deal with fighting the traffic, paying all the money, and uh, to I'm go not going to go somewhere else to somebody else's. You know, I'd like to hit it though. Maybe home. even this time of year. Yeah, in the this, fall this is and check it out. But I hear it's like dead as a doornail up there. It is, and a lot of things closed. But you can do the first like three weeks. The first three weeks of September is still reasonable, but it gets colder there faster than it does down here. Yeah, like it, you know, so it's it, yeah, it, without a doubt, it turns into that foggy, rainy, crappy weather. And this quick. particular year, it turned quick anyway. Yeah, it's been up and down. Um, all right, I got another one for you. This is this is interesting. I'm curious to see if you know this. Cordoba right. and Rosario are the second and third largest cities in what country? Cordoba and Rosario are the second and third largest cities in what country? Mexico? Nope. Argentina. Mm. No. So, uh, I, I have it had this, that Mexican sounding or that Spanish sounding. But yeah, I, I have this theory that nothing jumped out at me. Nobody on knows a single city outside of Buenos Aires from. I, I think you're right. So that's you know those are the two second biggest cities. I mean, maybe from, if you had like a grape growing region, right. I would recognize the region. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean Argentina is a beautiful country and it's got a lot. Well, I know Patagonia is part yeah, of Chile Argentina. and Chile and Argentina share that region of Patagonia. But there's like there's a lot of beautiful sections of Argentina and it's an interesting country. So it's, it sort of has like a very strange history and mix of culture. Yeah, well, it has like a lot of um, strife, European. Yeah, a lot of European elements too. Elements but like, to it, yeah. Uh, you know, and they're also obviously from a from a soccer stage. I like their is, uh, steakhouses. Oh, Argentinian steakhouse. Yeah, they do all right with it. Yeah, yeah, There's a place in uh, Cape May called got... the Red Door or something like that, yeah. and their chef is Argentinian. Ooh, I like it. And Oh, man, yeah. Gotta if you check got that a chance place out. to check it out. All right. So free plug for you. That uh, chimichurri sauce. Yeah. Oh, That's love Argentinian. That love that. Yeah. That is that is beast. Yeah, Argentinian steaks where it's at, the cattle and, you know. Yeah, we got to go down there just drink some wine and eat some steaks. All right. That's, that sounds like a plan. Uh, let's go to – you got one more for me in uh, geography history? Yeah, I'll, I'm interested uh, to see if you know this. Yep. Uh, who was the last Indian warrior to give in to U.S. forces, ending the Indian Wars? Geronimo? Yeah, nicely done. Thank All you. over it today. Feeling good. Feeling good, Nick. Killing me. Killing me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to dig deeper. <laughs> it's okay. Some days you're on your game, some days you're not. Trust me. I've, I've had Which this, one of uh, Richard Branson's days. islands was destroyed by Hurricane Irma? I don't know. Ah, yes. Had to so get you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through the through the Nectar Island. Nectar Island. Okay, yeah. I, I knew that he was down there, and I knew he's been tweeting about it, but I didn't even know the names of his islands. So, all right, uh, we have a little bit of extra time. So let me throw one more. Actually, I'm sorry. I think it's Necker Island. Necker Island. Yeah, yeah Necker Island, Island, not Nectar a lot, Island. A whole different. Nectar is an album. Um, I think you know this. I'm, I'm betting that you know this, but this is a good one to get out there. Uh, what Frenchman has the most United States cities named after him? What Frenchman has the most United one? States cities one? named after him? That's a good one. One jumping out at me, so I'll just save time and go with Lafayette. That's correct. All right. The Marquise, the Marquise de, de Lafayette. Lafayette. He is an awesome story because he's basically a con man who like became insanely famous. So like, oh really? Yeah. So, so his story is great. He came over, had absolutely no like concrete good military training as a French soldier. But was in like sort of a semi-privileged family. But he basically came over, got himself into the army, and was like, "I'm a champion soldier, well decorated from the French army. I'll train your troops." 
Oh, so he's the guy that came over and trained the American troops? Right. So like they All were right. like they were like kinda like, Okay, you know, fine. You seem like you're in a fancy uniform. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I hope I'm getting this story we're right. Starving and don't have teeth. Yeah, that's so right. Let's go <laughs> so with this let's, guy. Let's go with this guy. He sounds fancy. <laughs> so yeah, but the guy was a beast. He was an absolute beast. And somebody told me a story earlier today, an incredible one about this architect um who like he worked for a company as a drafter, you know, and he was very, very good at drafting, but he wasn't a trained architect. He didn't go get his certifications, go to school, whatever. And after a while, um, the company's like, uh, you know, we're, we're switching gears or whatever, so they let him go. And it, they told him, though, you have real talent for this. You should go get certified, go to school and, and whatever else. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. He goes off and, like, unbeknownst to this other group, starts his own company and just says he's certified. And does, like, a dozen years of world-class designs that were, like, award-winning all over the map. And then somebody started digging into him because they were like, I guess this guy's real famous, you know, let's go talk to this professor, see what kind of that. And they're like, he never went to school. (laughs) Didn't, like, Notre Dame hire a head coach with a similar situation, but he got found out? Yeah, so it was the guy, it was George O'Leary. Yeah. That was the guy, and he's actually the coach of Central... uh, uh, or of, um, yeah, because I guess yeah, you don't Central need Florida. any certifications to no, be a no, head no. coach. It, but... he, he just lied a little bit on his resume saying he was like a student uh, coach or I don't know. It, it was like a couple of early jobs and one of them oh, I guess, he didn't was say he got some degrees or whatever that he didn't get. Yeah, there was there was like there was a bunch of fabrication on it or whatever else, <laughs> so, you know, but there's there was a story about a doctor um, who uh, his dad was a doctor. Right. And he told his family he got into medical school, Duke Medical School, no less. And his family gave him money, and he went and, you know, said that he was basically paying uh, the tuition, whatever. Never went to medical school, okay? His dad retired. He took over the family practice and practiced for 12 years as a doctor. With without, no training? With no training and wow, no that's, degree. that's tough. And, and it was like, you know, but he grew up as Like, I could see if you're a good designer a or have, like, art talent that you could do architecture without a degree. But how can you be a doctor? With, yeah, it's no? crazy stuff. So Just give but, everybody aspirin. But the Marquise de Lafayette, with no real military training or experience, was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll get it in. done. Kick some butt. Right, and he was a tiny dude. He was like, you know, Napoleon tiny, uh, oh, yeah? fr- from what I understand. So I, I don't know if I'm getting all those facts right, or I'm totally confusing the story. So if I'm off, somebody correct me, and I'll be sure to give you the, the real history of Marquise de Lafayette as opposed to the movie that's in my head about what that guy's life was like. But, um, you know, and he was obviously, like, Washington's most trusted guy, so that was uh, a huge thing. But more French, uh, more cities in the U.S., Lafayette than... You know, you can think there's a good one in Indiana, there's one in Louisiana, there's Pennsylvania. Did you say Louisiana's got one? Sure. Yeah, I would assume for sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay, so let's move on to entertainment. Uh, I am going to give you one of my all-time favorite ones. I don't even know who, whether we came up with this uh, collectively or what have you, but uh, this is is just like one of those things that makes one of the all-time great shows great, if if that... uh, if that makes any sense. So on a famous Saturday Night Live skit, what does Christopher Walken say is missing from the Blue Oyster Cult song, Don't Fear the Reaper? Need more cowbell. More cowbell is the correct answer. Classic I assumed skit. you would know that, but that is just, you know, one of the most genius skits of all time from a, a comedic standpoint because of Walken. You know what I mean? You know, I yeah, gotta, when you get a guy that great, and like on Saturday Night Live. cowbell can cure it. Yeah, it's just, so <laughs> it's just I don't even know what to say to that. It's just you could watch it over a hundred times. There's like it gets funnier every single time. And Will he's Ferrell, just one of those guys. It's kind of like uh, Jack Nicholson. Like yeah. he's one of those guys. I could just watch him. It doesn't. 
I don't uh, even care what's going on. That scene in True Romance with him and Dennis Hopper. Oh, it's, the best. <laughs> it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I could watch those uh, too. Just Christopher like, Walken is so good. He was in a, a really weird movie. I can't remember the name of it one, uh, but I don't know. They're like getting this guy to like uh, do all this crazy stuff and basically like start all this terrorist activity because they like had his daughter or something. So they were like calling him up and he had to keep answering these payphones and they would just tell him like, bring this piece of paper here. And just really? drop it to them, and it was like a really—it's not ringing a bell. It was a—it's it, a mind mess of a movie, and like Christopher Walken, sort of like the bad guy controlling the strings. But it was like the most Walken performance that I ever remember seeing him in, where he was just—we well, like got to figure terrifying out what that is. Guy. I'll find it. I mean, it's—it's it's easy enough to find. He, that's the beauty of IMDb, folks. Before the internet, was there like existed, a shot of somebody in a phone booth from across the street? Yeah, in that movie. Yeah, and he like sees him or yeah, something I like kinda that. Kind of picture that. I uh, just don't, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't good enough that I remember what it was called. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Yeah, like he went on a stretch where he was barely making any movies, and then there was a, you know that brief stretch where he made a bunch, and then where would how old was this? So this I'd have to go back to when I was like actually watching movies, but he, God, he has maybe been like two thousand and two. So, he has been in so much stuff. Oh, my God. Try, like, 2002. That range. He was in Joe Dirt, Nick. Joe Dirt's (laughs) an underrated movie. Joe Dirt's a fantastic movie. Shout out to David Spade. David Spade's underrated. He knows underrated. David Spade's underrated. Who plays the bad guy in uh, Joe Dirt? Oh, uh, freaking, uh, what's his name? Come on. Just say it. I can't. Robbie Ritchie? uh, Kid Rock. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Jesus. Come on. Senator Kid Rock. <laughs> you know, I used to think, like, that's that's insane. That'll never happen. It's like now the bar has been set at, like, there is nobody safe from entering the political. Like, it could be, you know, President Oprah. There's there's nothing that's not on the table anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. Just... Hey, I'll give them all a chance. It's <laughs> yeah. better than whatever they were throwing at us before. So I don't, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> he was a Pulp Fiction, Captain Coons. Probably my all-time... And Wayne's World. Wayne's World 2. His role in Wayne's World 2 was ridiculous. I can't find this movie, but I'm, I'm going to. I, I don't want to hunt all day. We'll keep the uh, right. the podcast audience here forever. But uh, if anybody remembers it, feel free. I'll use this as a plug. Feel free to tweet us at quizopodcast.com or email us info at quizopodcast.com. Right, here's a quick one for you. What CW teen drama is based on the characters of the Archie comics? Has this come across your radar? Thank God, no, because I literally, <laughs> I can tell you, I have I've watched never it. watched a single CW show. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like 12 out of 16 episodes in. No, I've never. It's just... called Riverdale. Oh, you know what? I had heard that, though. Riverdale? Because I think they mentioned it on Stern in some well, capacity. Well, Riverdale but, is the town but, yeah, where Archie but did, lives. But they did not like, but Stern did not they didn't like, like it. it. Stern didn't like it? Stern was not happy with it. Yeah, you know how there's like shows that you watch because your wife likes it too. Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I'm going to say. One hundred percent. I'm not going to talk bad about it because I do watch it. Uh, you know, will it, I stick with it past season one? Is it good? A lot of question marks. There's some elements of it I like. I mean, if you take out acting, as a, oh, you know who's in it is Dylan, uh, which is phenomenal. Dylan, yeah, Dylan, Dylan McKay from yeah. Nino, from yeah. Nino, yeah, he's in it. He plays Archie's dad, 
So that keeps going a little bit. And then you're familiar with I a thought, guy named I Skeet they Ulrich? Go, I thought they would. Yes, I am, actually. Skeet Ulrich Skeet, is in it Skeet also. Ulrich He's was, Jughead's dad. Okay, Skeet Ulrich was in Jericho. Oh, was he? Yeah. He was okay. the star of Jericho. So he was one of the main characters of the show. You know, that was my favorite movie of all time. Or yeah. favorite TV so show. So you, you've got Skeet Ulrich and you've got Luke Perry sort of carrying the acting of the show. <laughs> if that even makes any sense. Uh, and, you know, it's... All right, let me let me uh, just shout it's out tolerable. to Christopher Walken. He was in Geely. Okay, <laughs> so they got him. I on, told you on he made a project. bunch in a, in his window where he kind of got got a little crazy. The number of stuff is just absolutely mind boggling of what he's what he was in uh, along the way. It's just it really is. It's mind boggling and like you know, but he was in great stuff too. Like Catch Me If You Can. Oh yeah, he was the dad. Movie. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, what was that character's name? The dad or the... Fra- Frank Abagnale, right? Yeah, yeah, Frank Abagnale, absolutely. Um, but uh, let's see, what else? I could watch that movie again. It's been a long time since I've seen that. That was a good one. How about Leo DiCaprio, man? The body of work that that dude is putting together is... Tremendous. Just unreal. He is definitely... Oh, well, I'm glad they got him for Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that one. No, but I just can't find this movie. I gotta, I gotta, I don't know. I'm what, have what, to was dig. it definitely Walken that There's was no in qu- it? 100%. There's no question. He was the. He was the. You got to let it go. You got to just let it go for now. And we'll find it. I almost can't. <laughs> I almost don't know what to tell you. It's going to haunt me until I can remember what it is. Uh, all right, we are letting it go. So let me give you another one here and uh, see how you do with this one. What university did Forrest Gump go to? Alabama. Hey, there you go. He was a Roll Tide versus War Eagle. So you got that one pretty quickly. Throw one back at me and uh, do one more before we uh, call it a podcast here. All right, so I only have one left, or I got two yeah, you left? Got, you got two. You got two. All right. Best-selling rap album of the 1980s. We were talking about the best albums of the 80s last week, and... Go with Walk This Way? Nope. Run DMC? Nope. No, no, no. Wrong band? Yep. Okay. This is definitely one of my favorite albums of the 80s. Oh. But it's the best-selling rap album of the 1980s. Jesus. This was sort of my first... Looking is it to, like a hardcore, like an NWA or Public Enemy? Do you ever know me to give you own like that? or to no, <laughs> listen no, okay. to an so, NWA so it's album? So it's like I mean, a, there's a couple songs like, I like by NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not so exactly it's like a poppy my... rap album. Um, yeah, that wouldn't that be nice for Young MC if it was Bust to Move? But it, it probably isn't. Um, well, don't go crazy on the poppy side either. I did say this is one of my favorite albums of the '80s. So yeah, you did say that. So that's very bizarre to me. Yes, because I'm trying to think. Like, it's one what, of those what kind would, of albums what would even that be is considered a rap album that, that I would Nick like would consider. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm just drawing a blank, man. You're not, you're gonna get me on this one. So. License to oh, Ill. son of a, you're absolutely. <laughs> how did I not immediately go to that? Oh my god! And you're right. That is one of just the absolute gems of the album. '80s. I mean, Paul Revere. Oh, love it. I can uh, still listen to that song. Uh, Fight for your right to party. What was that? What else was on that? Uh, no sleep till Brooklyn. No she's sleep till Brooklyn. She's crafty. She's crafty. Oh my god! What an album that was. I'm trying to think, there's a couple of more even. Oh yeah, that, the whole album was great. Um, oh, girls, girls, brass monkey, brass monkey, that funky monkey. Yeah, slow and low. Let yourself go. <laughs> They're all good. To I mean, the it was tempo. Just a, oh, that is just a... Uh, License to ill. So shout out to the Beastie Boys, uh, who were all, believe it or not, raised Orthodox Jews, and the yeah, high school they went to was the Manhattan Talmudic Academy. Sure. <laughs> so 
Fascinating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see what happens when you remember when we saw them and they were like in their forties. Yeah, <laughs> was like, we sure did at uh, Voodoo Fest in New like, Orleans, well, right? And they were all wearing uh, those orange jumpsuits like they were in prison. Yeah, and we were beastie middle aged men. Well, that's when we coined the term yeah, instead <laughs> of boy bands. It's middle aged man bands. <laughs> so they were the beastie middle aged men. They're not the beastie boys anymore. <laughs> um, all right, I'll throw one more back at you. Then you can go back with uh, one more, and. Um, you know, uh, this is like a shameless plug for my favorite show more than it is a trivia question. Just I'm excited that it's coming back, and very rarely I'm excited that a show's coming back on the air. But I watched every episode of this the last, like, three years, and it's one of those rare things where they just keep getting better. They do it better now than they've ever done it before, and for a show this old, it's really surprising. And I think it's also one of those underrated stories. So here's your question now. What South Park character only appears when people talk about swimming? What South Park character only appears when people talk about swimming? Jeez, you really got me. I don't watch South Park. Oh, well, that's why. Everybody out there is going, want to get hot? <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds familiar, though. Yep. All right, so it's Towley. Towley. Towley is the character. So they have a character who is a talking towel. Who does nothing but want to smoke pot? Tell. All he wants to do is smoke pot. No matter okay. what situation occurs, he shows up, tells you about towel safety, and then asks you if you want to get high. Okay. <laughs> and so kids will be like, you know, at a at a bath, and he'll show up, and he'll be like, "Now, kids, don't forget to bring a towel. Anybody got any pot?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's their running joke. But the reason why I I threw that one in there is because you mentioned Oprah before. The best Oprah episode ever, which I've shown you the South yes, Park. Yes, that before, one I've seen. Is yeah, Gary, Gary, yeah. and Minge. Minge. That yeah, episode Minge. starts Minge. with Towley on Oprah claiming that he stole the book for ten thousand fibers. The Towley story. So it was a whole play on the guy. You know what's his name that wrote? Uh, you know, ten thousand pieces. James or, Frey. James Frey. Right. Exactly. So Towley Frey. So that's where their heads worked <laughs> and, and came up with that. Yeah, that's and, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, that episode is... But that's what I leave it to you to just show me the funny South Park sure, things. Sure. I don't actually well, watch Last the year was the first time they ever did this, but they followed a storyline through the whole season. Every episode used to be on an I island. I remember you telling me that. The storyline's yeah. got to do with... Uh, is it Bruce Jenner? Who's it yeah, Bruce Jenner and Mr. Garrison are basically Trump and the vice president. That's right. Yeah, That's so, right. Uh, so uh, Mr. Garrison is Trump. He's got the orange face painted on him and whatever, and he's the president who says everything wrong all the time, offends everybody. But people it's, keep just loving him. They, 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 they don't <laughs> no matter what, what he, he says. Does. Yeah, he's, the people just So he love him. embraces it. It's like, I'm just going to go crazy then and just you know see what happens. And it just gets... You know, they keep going crazier and crazier regardless of what he does. That's a brilliant. Yeah, it, it really is a funny. It there. was a very funny take. Uh, and they also have uh, Principal PC, who's just super politically correct. Uh, like, he's almost like Farmer Bro. He, like, wears, like, a big, he's like, you will not be insensitive to a woman's feelings. <laughs> so it's like a super, it's like, a, he's like a contradictory thing all by himself. You know what I mean? Like. You know, that's what the, the PC world has come. These guys that are just like Nazis with it, but like, <laughs> but it's like so, doesn't make yeah, any sense. So overdone. So, yeah, so overdone. All right. Uh, you got one more for me, and then we'll uh, I do. call I it do. a show. A little early today, but we'll call it a show. All right. The, uh, all right what movie? Or, well, let's see. Uh, let me see. How am I going to ask this? Let's say, uh, okay, what horror movie has had the largest opening weekend in history? 
What horror movie had the largest opening weekend in history? Ever? Ever. Just recently? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so is it like Saw 8? Saw, Saw 9? Saw 48,612? I, I mean, would say if you don't know what Saw we're on, I don't go know elsewhere. Okay. No, I don't know what Saw we're on. Um, <laughs> Saw Saw 1. After that, I was done. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it because I hate horror movies. It's just something you... All right. You know this. It's out of my wheelhouse. I know you know this. Yeah, but I just don't remember it. So there's a difference. This is also kind of interesting. It had the largest September opening, but by like a ton. Like Apparently, good movies don't get released in September because people are back to school. So the number one like September movie ever released did like 50 million on the weekend. Right. This just did 123 million on the weekend. Holy moly. Yeah. So that's big. It's huge. I don't know. Stephen King? It. It. Oh. I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. Pennywise. Supposedly, uh, the story that I read is that the kids filming this were warned, like, the character can be particularly frightening, like, just be warned, and it didn't matter. The kids, like, reacted to absolute horror. Like, oh, yeah? scared the hell out of them. Huh. Uh, on the set, so there was like a lot of genuine. I do wonder when you see these horror movies with kids in it, like yeah, how, how do they get these kids thing? to do it? Like, well, it's because the I'm set is sc- mostly so sterile and I'm, it goes on man. so long, and, and then you're I, and, like, and I get scared watching. Right, these but things. you hear all this music and all this buildup. Like they're on a, they have lights everywhere and everything. Every, you know what I'm saying? Like the set atmosphere is so different than the feeling they create. So they're not in a dark room. Get it? You know, it's like it's on this bright thing and whatever. So, but to that end. This guy was so good and so terrifying that even though they warned the kids and were like, don't, you know, whatever, they were genuinely terrified and they had to, like, seriously counsel them because of... Yeah, so apparently it's, it's two parts. Oh, no kidding. But they didn't announce that they were doing part two until they saw the results of part one. So now they just, once they saw those box office results, they're going ahead. Yeah, so the story is, like, kids and then also as adults. So this is telling the story of the kids and then I guess in two years or whenever they come out with it, we'll get the story of the adults. Right, so right, you know, I'm I, trying to decide. Do I wait until the adult story is out to watch this? Yeah, I don't really want to get involved or invested in waiting two years for something that sits on my brain for two years. That's what I mean. in a genre I don't even like. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, mean, I do like – I don't like horror movies, no, but, but I, like I do Stephen like Stephen King. King. So that's, sort of a that's different, not a horror movie to me. Sort of like, a different category. He, he has a different thing about him because it's like horror to me almost has an element of like – it's it's just so unreal, so that's why I kind of don't like. You know what I mean? It's like my mind doesn't even. I'm not scared because I think it's stupid. Whereas he terrifies me genuinely. <laughs> yeah. The, the stuff See, that I he think with horror, like most is, of it to me is just like hokey and stupid. Right. Whatever. It's, it's, but to it's me, like, Stephen King's like a mastermind. Fantastical, so and, you know, I, I zombies it. and I, like that doesn't. It just doesn't scare me. It, I, I'm, I'm mentally. And it's kind of been a bit a while since he's had something out that's. Yeah, well, the time is right from a movie-making standpoint of for him to start producing some stuff there. So, like, I'll, I, I'm all in favor of it. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I think, you know, we asked a bunch of questions similar to this, so I, I think I'll stay away from it. I'm going to give you one more that is just from my childhood, so it's one last memory. I don't even know if you were a fan of this, so there's a, there's a good chance that you were uh, – this was off your radar. But what was the name of the main villain in the cartoon Inspector Gadget? Okay, no, I did watch Inspector Gadget. I was a big fan of Inspector Gadget. Penny and the dog. and I don't know why I liked it so much. Do you remember what actor played Inspector Gadget in a full featured movie? Was He's... it Matthew Broderick? It was. Oof. Yeah, 
How'd I get that? When you asked me that, I was like, I have absolutely no idea. And then I closed my eyes, and I'm like, Matthew Just who would you picture when you think of Inspector Gadget? Gosh, why can't I think I of a villain? I think Bob Saget would have made a great Inspector Gadget. Wouldn't he, doesn't he look a little more Inspector Gadget? You don't think Matthew Broderick when you think Inspector Gadget. No, but I think Bob Saget. I always thought that that was like a role that they, they missed out on. During his heyday, because he had that when he was like in the you know prime of Full House, and he was just really that tall, lanky guy with like he looked exactly like Inspector Gadget. Nothing was better than the Bob Saget entourage cameo. Greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I really don't. I was never a Bob Saget fan because I you know I don't really like his comedy, and it's I was so it was just so filthy. And then knowing him as Bob Saget from the yeah, video show, and, and f- yeah, it just never clicked for me. I love him. But then, but then that entourage just changed everything. He's a, he's a genius. Like, oh, I, I love, that I, guy I love the guy. He's one of my all-time favorites. I saw Dave Coulier live not too long ago do comedy. You know, Uncle Joey. He's the answer to maybe the best trivia question ever. Yeah, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Alanis, uh, she was... Who's that song about? Yeah. She denies it, but I think she's oh, just... Oh, it's documented. It's totally about Uncle Joey. I mean, so, we have he the dates that she he, wrote it he versus mentions the it. dates that... He, he mentions it he, in his comedy. And he kind of like you know brushes it oh, aside, but oh yeah, he's only famous for like three things, and that's one of them. <laughs> so, you ought to know is the name of the song. Oh yeah, absolutely, you ought to know. We'll All right, go you got to give me a clue because the I can't. I can't just give up on this. Okay. Inspector Gadget thing. So he could he give me any kind of a clue? I, I can. Uh, he had a deformity that he was named after, and he's one of those. Uh, I, I would. He's say, not like Colonel or anything like that. No, sort of. He's got a he's not he's doctor. Got, he is doctor. Okay, so he's doctor. He's doctor. Yeah, I was going to say Doctor Evil was the inspiration. Right. I had like a, I knew he had some kind this of was a the prefix to for his Dr. name. Evil. This was the inspiration for Doctor Evil. If you remember, he doctor. used to pet his cat. Right. Yes. Yes. He used to pet his cat in the chair. Right. Right. So Doctor Evil had that like nasty Chihuahua, the hairless whatever it is. So it's the same same concept. And the deformity that he was named for. No, Dr. Something that he had to cover a deformity. We'll be hmm. here all day. All right. Dr. Claw. <sighs> I wouldn't have gotten it. Dr. Claw. So there Boy, that's go. a bummer. That's okay. Da, 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 da. Inspector. <laughs> I did yeah. not have a good day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, it's not a competition, sir. I don't, I don't look at it that way. And I had a bad end, so I, I wasn't... Uh, I didn't keep up any kind of hundred trick. I was batting a hundred. You know, one of these days I'll throw, uh, I'll, I'll hit a perfect game. Today was not the day, so you know it's good stuff. The the point is, you, the trivia audience, have learned a lot. You're the winners. Me. You're the winners here. So, all right, for uh, Nick, my name is Drew. We will see you next week on the Quizzo Trivia Podcast.